0: Hi and welcome back to another episode of Boss Ladies, a podcast about women in business. My name is Julieta and I will be talking with women who started their own businesses here in Zurich. I wanted to bring the stories to the forefront and shed light on what happens behind the scenes of starting a business. It's time for honest conversations about what it means to be a woman in the 21st century trying to create something on our own. Before we get started, you can find Boss Ladies on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, where I encourage you to subscribe. That way, you won't have to search for the new episodes. Instead, they download automatically onto your phone so you can listen wherever, whenever, however. And for all of you going on holidays, I personally love listening to podcasts on flights, and long train rides and I make sure I've downloaded all the episodes I want to listen to the night before so I can just zone out on the plane. I also would love for you to rate and review. It pushes the podcast and gives and brings awareness to the wonderful women who've chosen to talk with me. And I actually have one to read today all the way from Germany. Great insights and wonderful inspirations. Thank you for providing deep insights into real Zurich women. Inspiring and motivating to keep on going and nourish all the talents in oneself as well as in others. Impactful podcast and fantastic work, dear Julieta. Thanks, Marlene. Thank you so much, Marlene. It really means a lot that you're enjoying the podcast so far and to inspire you. I hope you keep on tuning in and a big, big hug from Zurich. Meet Alia Mackenzie Murdoch, a wonderfully inspiring woman that gives oriental dance a whole new meaning with her dance productions company and dance studio Zeot. She connects women through dance to one another as well as to themselves by allowing them to let go and express themselves in the space. Belly dance is more than just an expressive dance, it's a way to reconnect to your body and allow yourself to feel feminine and appreciate the body you have. In our episode, we talk about the imposter syndrome and how we both have experienced it, the stigmatism of belly dance, competition between women and how we can undo that, the female body, empowerment and how it's become a term that's overused, the power of feeling strong and celebrating the wins. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Alia. Good morning. Morning.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Very excited to talk to you today and I just wanted to say thank you for inviting me.
0: It's my pleasure and thank you for deciding to do this. So I want to have the listeners hear who you are, what you do, how you came to the world of dance. So let's backtrack a little and Mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about yourself.
1: Um, Yeah, how did I come to the world of dance? It's been a long and windy road. So um, I think it's interesting once I read somewhere that if you want to know what you should really be doing in Mm -hmm. this life, think about what you loved doing as a child. And as a child, dance was my world. So dance and fantasy and play. grew up dancing. I grew up um, rehearsing in my bedroom, choreographing. I had a lovely lycra 80s catsuit that I loved to wear. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I even had a, like a, a group of friends and we rehearsed together and we took part in disco dance competitions. So yeah, that was kind of my world. Mm -hmm. And somewhere along the line, I'm really not quite sure where a little voice or somebody told me just how hard a life in dance would be and that it would be over when you're very young. And I somehow at some point switched tracks not completely in another direction because I went into the art world, which is still very obviously creative field and Mm -hmm. something that's important to me to be creative. But um, somewhere along the line, I completely stopped dancing. So something that had been part of my life, part of my way of being, I just stopped. And I think I, although art is a physical activity, I think I entered more of my head space, if you like. Mm -hmm. And I spent a lot more time in the art world and I didn't do anything, no physical (laughs) activity for about 10 years, which now I really can't believe that I did this. And um, I was in Madrid, so I went into the art world and then into the art restoration world. Mm -hmm. And in Madrid, I happened to go to a belly dance class. Mm -hmm. And that was it. (laughs) It was, yeah, it was going home. I just felt this was my place. This was my way to be. It was a language that I'd lost. And I found it again. And from that point on, I obsessively, like, 10, 12 classes a week. Within six months, I was on stage. Wow. Um, I mean, obviously, I had, you know, a a dance background. Sure, yeah. Um, The technique was different mm-hmm. but uh, the basics kind of were there mm-hmm. and and yeah and that's how i've ended up after all this time back in the dance world albeit maybe a different one from the one i'd imagined as a child
0: mm-hmm. what did you imagine as a child yeah i think
1: i was much more into ballet mm-hmm. contemporary uh, expressive mm-hmm dance. Maybe I imagined being in a, a dance company, touring the world mm. and now I, I have actually ended up performing <laughs> in different places in the world mm. and I've also been in a few dance companies mm-hmm. but they've been of a different sort. So mm-hmm. I was in an Egyptian dance company mm-hmm. and then I was in a Egyptian dance style or Oriental dance company here in Switzerland.
0: Mm -hmm. And what made you decide from having the passion of dance and wanting to dance um, and wanting to express yourself through dance to starting your own company, Yala Alia Dance Productions GmbH? (laughs) (laughs) It's a bit of a mouthful.
1: yeah, that's a good question. It really came from well, one aspect is obviously as a dancer as you get older mm-hmm. there are limitations um within the field of belly dance, so the genre that I'm now dancing in, you actually have a lot longer uh, shelf life, if you like. <laughs> so, um the more experienced you are, um the more you can bring to this dance. Mm-hmm because it's a lot about telling stories mm-hmm. and telling your story as mm-hmm. a woman. Yeah. So it's not that an 18 year old can't perform right. this dance, but I think as a, a woman with experience, you bring a lot more, um, yeah, to the dance. And teaching, uh, seeing the impact, that the dance has had on the women around me, how they've become more confident in their bodies, in their uh, general confidence, how they feel able to express themselves, finding different ways to express themselves, the feeling of being in a community. These were all things that I started to notice as well. And I, I could see the impact that the classes were having on individuals or on the group as a whole. And I realized after a while... So one, asp- one aspect was that I didn't want to teach as much as mm-hmm. I was. So uh, how could I continue? Mm-hmm. And the second aspect was really realizing the impact that I could have. And by taking on a school and creating a big community, this would have a lot more impact. So. I have 10 teachers working for me mm-hmm. and we have like over 30 classes a week. Obviously, it's not physically or yeah possible for me to give all those classes. Right. Plus, every teacher that I have brings a different aspect um, and maybe someone speaks more to someone else. So, it's important for me to have that choice. Mm-hmm. So, that's one reason why... Well, the main reason that I started the company Mm -hmm. was to be able to have a greater impact than the impact I would have myself Mm -hmm. one-on-one with the students.
0: Mm -hmm. And how did the studio come about? Because we're sitting in it right now. Mm -hmm. Um, It's beautiful. Thank you. Um, So how did that enter your life? So I worked... Um, The
1: studio has been in existence since, I don't know, about 2000, I think. So it's been around for a long time. Oh, yeah. Um, Not always here. We've been here for 12 years. And the studio actually was um, much bigger. So the company, Zeot Zentrum for Orientalische Tanzkunst, Mm -hmm. which is not the name I would necessarily (laughs) have called it, because (laughs) for me it doesn't speak so much to me i if i'd started right. it from zero i probably would have chosen another name but mm-hmm. um since i bought the studio mm-hmm. from someone else i thought long and hard about the name yeah. and but it had you know it was a well known brand mm-hmm. so i decided to keep it so um the studio was established quite some time ago mm-hmm. by medium misuda mm-hmm. and uh yeah, <clears throat> it's funny, three times in my life I've been offered a dance studio. Okay. So in two thousand and six, in two thousand and twelve I think, and then um again in two thousand fifteen. So mm-hmm. in two thousand fifteen I took over, I bought the the studio mm-hmm. and yeah, that's how the studio came into my hands. Mm-hmm. And since then, I've worked on rebranding it, it, the interiors I've changed, um, the website, of course. Mm -hmm. And I've tried to keep the philosophy, I think, Mm -hmm. of Miriam Misura, which was very non-competitive. So I think in a lot of the dance world, and even in belly dance, there's a lot of competition, okay. especially if you think of a environment where it's only women, yeah. sometimes it yeah. can be <laughs> a little bit bitchy. Mm-hmm. And I've obviously experienced this in other places, in other dance classes or festivals. I don't know if I've been in festivals mm-hmm. in, in Cairo, you know, and there are literally people elbowing you to get to the front of the class and uh, yeah, I mean... It's it's okay. very competitive. And that was something that she installed, mm-hmm. a very non-competitive mm-hmm. atmosphere. And I think this is really one of the strong points of our community. And I say, you might notice whenever I talk about the business, mm-hmm. well, I would say my business, mm-hmm. but if I talk about the studio or the school, it's our school because it's right. a community and... The school wouldn't be, or the business wouldn't be what it is Mm -hmm. without all the teachers, without all the students. So um, this is really something, the non-competitive and supportive um, feeling, I Mm -hmm. think is something very, very unique Mm -hmm. in this
0: school. Why do you think it is that women are so competitive with each other? Because
1: we <laughs> we're we brought up with so much pressure on us mm-hmm. to be a certain way, to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. I mean, media, magazines, things your parents might say to you, the way you're treated compared to a boy, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's really... There's so much uh, pressure on you, and I think it's also very much focused on the outside. So your image, your body, uh, how you look, also how you behave. And because of this, I think it builds up a lot of competition between women, especially like in the physical Mm -hmm. arena, you know, is Mm -hmm. my hair Mm -hmm. nicer than hers? Or... Uh, I mean, especially with body image, this is something I'm really concerned with, that we're all under so much pressure to look a certain way. Um, and yeah, I think that's why there's a lot of competition. And as we all know, you don't get anywhere on your own. No. And the most wonderful thing is to work together and yeah, together we can do so much more. Mm-hmm. And this is really, I think, something when you think about the feminist fights and the uh, women's rights, etc., that have gone on. I mean, I really cannot believe <laughs> we're still where we are. Yeah. But if we would just stop fighting with each other and being competitive and work on it together, then, yeah, where would we be?
0: Mm-hmm. Where does that work begin?
1: I think, well, as a parent, mm-hmm. I have a son. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is one place that the work can begin. So uh, he sees his mother is independent, she has her own business. Um, I have a equal standing relationship with my husband. I talk to him about women I mean I'm always you know saying fireman and firewoman and my husband rolls his eyes because <laughs> is that really necessary but you know my son um, I think I think we need to start with men yeah if if we have sons mm-hmm. if you have a daughter then uh, the same way you need mm-hmm. to be a role model but I think for women, And this is why I feel my work is very important. Mm -hmm. I think it's getting out of your head, Mm -hmm. getting into your body, and appreciating your body, using your body, Mm. loving your body. Because if you can feel good about yourself, then there's nothing gonna stop you. Mm -hmm. And that's the way that we can move forward and make a difference.
0: Mm. You mentioned um, body image a couple mm-hmm. of times, and it's a big issue for women as for men as well, um, but it's more dominant in women. How do we solve that issue of not comparing our bodies to other women's bodies and therefore feeling not enough or less than just because we look different?
1: I think it's in a way um, what you focus on. Mm -hmm. So for instance, I love to go to the gym Mm -hmm. and um, I really go there because I love the feeling of feeling strong. Mm -hmm. So I don't go there because I think, oh, I want to have a six-pack. <laughs> I go, <laughs> which is not going to happen. Um, you never know. Well, you never know, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, I go there because I want to feel strong. Right. So there are obviously a lot of people in the gym who are constantly looking in the mirror and they're there because they want bulging muscles or six-pack or whatever it is. Uh, and it's much more, yeah, it's concerned with the outside I think the outside appearance uh in the same way with dance this is why I'm a big promoter for belly dance mm-hmm. because it's not you don't need to be a certain type of right. woman to be able to do this dance so I'm not saying that d- this is, is the only dance of course if you want to do hip hop or ballet or jazz or whatever that's great just move that's uh my recommendation but if I talk about a way for women to feel better about their bodies, then I would say one aspect would be, for instance, belly dance, because it's not, you don't need a a kind of uniform body. You're not working on um, your body in the sense of, like, when you go to the gym and you want to build up your biceps. You're moving, you're concentrated on... I don't know, the music, Mm -hmm. the choreography. And so I think this takes away the focus of doing something Mm -hmm. for a reason, to improve your body. So through dancing, of course, you're going to get fitter, you're going to feel better, you're going to be more flexible. But you're going to be in your body and it's not for a reason. It's not with the goal of slimming down or uh, having curvier hips Mm -hmm. although if you do belly dance I think your hips might get curvier (laughs) (laughs) good to know (laughs) um
0: belly dancing is there's two kind of opinions that are out there ones that say it's beautiful it it brings you in touch with your feminine side and it lets you be a woman um because curves and hips and yeah, the just more female body type isn't often represented in the media. So those types of women don't feel spoken to. Yet there's the other opinion that says it's a sexualization of women. How do you manage to get rid of that sexualization opinion and really draw attention to bringing yourself in touch with your womanhood
1: Mm -hmm. um well it's it's kind of an easy question to answer in a way because if if you actually go into this field or if you start to belly dance um and you find out a bit more about the history about mm-hmm. it, then you'll see that it's actually a misnomer. It's not a dance for men. It's not a dance to titillate men. Mm-hmm. It's a dance that women have traditionally performed for each other. Mm-hmm. So, of course, there are all sorts of theories about how it started, and we can get all hippy-dippy, if you like, <laughs> about that, you know, it's about fertility and uh, all of this connecting with Mother Earth. Um for me, it's yeah. It's first of all, it's not about performing for men. The moves for me are not erotic, right? You could use the word sensual mm-hmm. if you like. I I think I wouldn't go that far. I mean, I I don't get turned on <laughs> when <laughs> in class, or I don't know <laughs> if any of my students uh, do. But no, that's. I mean, it's. Yeah there there is also a, a side of the belly dance world yeah. that is very you know very skimpy costumes yep. does look kind of pumped up right uh, over sexualized but that's
0: it's not the reality
1: well it is the reality for some people okay but it's not the reality that I would promote here. And mm. and I mean, it's true. I've been on stage. Other people uh, here have been on stage with two-part costumes. So you see the torso, you mm-hmm. see bare arms, mm-hmm. maybe you see a cleavage. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, it's not in a vulgar way. Right. And I think, of course, you could perform the movements in a vulgar way. I think it's very much to do with the uh, attitude and I think if you're on stage and you're you know you're enjoying your body right and sharing uh the gift of dance right I think it's it's all to do with intention as everything is it's where you come from right and what you're trying to show and I mean w- some of the most beautiful dancers that we have here are maybe not model uh, figures. You know, maybe they're a bit bigger or they're not a skinny uh, 34 or I don't know what size a model would be. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Maybe a 30. A double zero. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But to see them on stage Mm -hmm. saying, you know, this is me, this is my body. I'm proud to be me. I'm enjoying my body. Why shouldn't we enjoy our body? I think that's also very much as women, you know, that women are not really as sexualized as men. Uh, Women don't enjoy their bodies. I mean, there's no shame in that, that we have bodies and they're there to enjoy.
0: Right. Yeah, it's, um, it's an issue in the sense that we have a certain body and yeah there's bits and pieces that are there for a reason and yet we're somehow told to hide them from the public and if we do decide to show more cleavage or accentuate curves oh no you know it's it's too sexual it's too out there or it's
1: asking for trouble
0: exactly and that can't be. And so you with the dance productions, with your studio, you're doing the work to show them, enjoy your body and learn to move with it and not try to make it move a certain way just because society tells you to.
1: Yeah, or not try to have a certain body. Right. You know, be yourself, feel good in your skin. Right. And, um, I think also, I, I can't remember her name, but there's a great TED talk from a Tunisian woman who uh, talks about uh, women in mm-hmm. a man's world. Mm-hmm. And her her advice really is about not acting like a man, so mm-hmm. not wearing a power suit and, and becoming more masculine in order to kind of climb the ladder, mm-hmm. etc., but you know she's really she actually does start belly dancing in the talk um but in order to show that you know she could use her hips or use her her body in a way to get forwards get uh, further in her career or or in the world um to to get there as a woman so not hiding her female characteristics or not hiding the fact that she's a woman, but using that tremendous power that women have to get where she wants to be.
0: How have you seen confidence grow in the women that come to your classes or that you see dance in the studio?
1: Well, I think the ultimate is stepping out on stage. Mm -hmm. And of course, I've seen people who've come their first classes and a couple of years later you know they're on stage Mm -hmm. for me that's really uh, a big confidence booster Mm -hmm.
0: and how do you not collect what's the word that I'm looking for how do you make it a group feeling and not that each person is individualized, but that we're a collective energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a
1: great question. So I think that's something that can happen in the in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously through shared laughter <laughs> when things are maybe more difficult. Yeah. Or as a teacher, mm-hmm. you know, I get students to work together in pairs. Um, but I think the the biggest Motivation or the biggest um, solution, I would say, to to create this group feeling is to work together mm-hmm. on a project. Mm-hmm. And um, I've really, I really love the work of uh, Pina Bausch. Okay, so she was a choreographer and she did a lot of dance theater. So. This is something that I try to bring into the studio or with the performance projects that I've done where it's not a show with one dance after the other, it's a show with a theme. So um, a couple of years ago I produced a piece called Beauty for Ashes, mm-hmm. which was all about the Phoenix uh, myth. Mm-hmm. A personal Mm favorite having been burnt and risen again (laughs) (laughs) Um, (coughs) and last year we produced chroma so this was a piece based on color and each choreographer took a different color for instance we had pink warrior Mm. um, mine was absinthe green Mm. we had blood red we had uh, different aspects and the whole show was an hour and flowed together so there was no break and uh, the students were really you know the main feedback that I got from them was it was so amazing to feel part of something that was bigger than just just me bigger than just my choreography with my group obviously working with other women Working on the choreography, becoming synchronized. Uh, this feeling, you know, of of space around you, knowing where somebody is. Mm-hmm. You know, these are all aspects that help to, yeah, increase your emotional intelligence, uh, your awareness of space, your awareness of other people, mm-hmm. and then to be part of a show, a theme, you know, you're one part of a whole spectrum.
0: Right, how long does a dance production show, I don't know if I'm explaining this correctly, but (laughs) how long does the process take from having an initial idea to then performing on stage?
1: Well, it can depend. So, for instance, we've had projects here Mm -hmm. with guest dancers where we've worked maybe for a week and at the end of the week we've performed. Okay. So, very intense. Yeah. And um, probably performed in the studio. Mm -hmm. Um, I've also, with the Beauty for Ashes, the project about the phoenix, we spent four weekends working together. And then performed. So uh, this was a mix of choreographed pieces, improvised pieces. And we came up in four weekends with 45 minutes of material. So it was kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, And obviously there, there's not much time (laughs) to rehearse. Right. Um, But it was much more about the experience of developing themes Around um, like nest building <laughs> was one theme mm-hmm. um, you know rebirth etc so each weekend had a different theme mm-hmm. and within that time we came up with what we could and it I mean it wasn't very polished mm-hmm. but it was full of emotion it was amazing it was such a moving experience um, but generally, it takes around a year because okay. obviously if it's in a theatre, you need to book yep. the theatre and and then there's a lot of rehearsals and choreography and um, it depends how, well I like to challenge myself, so it depends how ambitious the piece would be. So I'm working on a new piece mm-hmm. for next year. Mm-hmm which will be all about um, the connection between smell and memory Mm -hmm. and i'm very excited about it because i would like to make it into more of a 4d um, experience Mm -hmm. so of course there'll be dance and music but i also would like to commission someone to create some uh, video work video art about smell and memory maybe Include some of the dancers' memories and connections to smell. Amazing. And I would love, so if anyone out there's listening and you work <laughs> in the fragrance industry, <laughs> I would love to have some kind of fragrance experience. Mm-hmm. So maybe um, w- it's based on the the whole show will be based on Michael Edwards uh, fragrance wheel. so mm-hmm. it's a system mm-hmm. of classifying fragrances and he I like it a lot he says fragrance or perfume I don't know which word he uses is liquid emotion Mm. and I find this very exciting and intriguing and and um, yeah so for me this process will be very intense and it won't only be about choreographing etc because I like to I love to investigate, so I'm, I like to delve deep into the subject mm-hmm. and, and it brings other aspects um, into what we're doing. And yeah, I, I love to, to bring all the aspects of my past or all my interests mm-hmm. together because although I am working now in the dance world, art is still, or creativity is still, something very deep within me and mm-hmm. i think this is if we want to talk about why this place maybe is mm-hmm. unique um i think it's bringing all these threads together right um i know we talked uh mm-hmm. before about uh how how i ended up here mm-hmm. and about maybe the feeling of being a fraud mm-hmm. or imposter syndrome because right. I'm not a, a trained classical dancer. Right. Um, but I think uh, that one way I've I've kind of come to terms with this is actually realizing how everyone is so unique and that's something that it's... It's not repeatable. No one has my DNA. No one has my experience Mm -hmm. in the particular cocktail Mm -hmm. that I do. So I think that um, this is something that makes this place very unique.
0: You've mentioned that you lived in Madrid and you took belly dance there. How is the culture different there in terms of women and dancing um, compared to here? And did you teach as well in Madrid? Um, How is it different in terms of how you're viewed as a teacher? Because you mentioned the imposter syndrome, Mm -hmm. so I'm assuming you need for the Switzerland kind of stamp of approval certificates Mm -hmm. and diplomas and how yeah how is the those two Mm -hmm. cultures different um i think if i just talk about
1: the the dance studio class Mm -hmm. and the teaching aspect i think that kind of would answer your question so Mm -hmm. um in madrid and also in egypt where i've studied Mm -hmm. it's much more Follow me, imitate me. Uh, There's a lot less explanation. Um, Yeah, it's it's less technical, right? Maybe we could say. Whereas here, especially in this school, um, what we're very well known for is very good technique. So Miriam Misura, who started the school, she actually came from a scientific background. So she was trained uh, as a vet. Mm -hmm. And so I think she brought this scientific analytical aspect to the dance style and broke it down into a system Mm -hmm. which is incredibly useful Mm -hmm. for teaching Mm -hmm. and making something understandable. Um, And I think this is also where the non-competitive uh, aspect came right. in because it was also, yeah, it was very systematic. Mm-hmm. Um, funnily enough, uh, although I own the school and mm-hmm. I run the school, mm-hmm. I'm actually the only teacher here uh, who doesn't have the qualification from this school. Okay, <laughs> So all of the teachers here were former students and have gone through the whole process and have gone through the teacher training program. Mm -hmm. We're running a teacher training program uh, now, so Mm -hmm. we have six new exciting energetic, enthusiastic uh, new teachers which is great. Mm -hmm. Um, So yes, I would say it's interesting because it's much more systematic Mm -hmm. here and uh, but saying that i've suffered a lot if i can use the word suffered with feeling at times a fraud a mm-hmm. fake etc you know because i don't have this certificate mm-hmm. i think it's it's accepting yourself and accepting the fact that yeah maybe i don't fit into that mold and maybe i'm not as systematic or as organized maybe slightly more chaotic mm-hmm. Um, But this is also something that I can bring a different aspect. So what I think my uh, advantage is, is that I've had both worlds. so, Mm -hmm. So I've definitely benefited a lot from the more systematic approach. Right. But I try to combine... Yeah, I try to combine both of them. But I think this is also something... In running your own business Mm -hmm. or... And especially being here in Switzerland... Mm -hmm. That it's quite heavily focused on uh, certificates, Mm -hmm. education, Mm -hmm. qualifications... And also of course running your own business. You need to be organized, etc. And this is something that I found difficult. Mm -hmm. However... I've come to the conclusion <laughs> <laughs> luckily yeah. that I obviously I have days when when I beat myself up about it and other days when I'm like well in the end I get something done I produce something I right. mean it in the, it doesn't matter how how you get there right and I think this is something that that is uh, an important lesson to really Look at your strengths mm-hmm. and look at, yeah, you don't have to fit into a mold, no, and I think that's there's an incredible pressure around yeah to fit into a mold yep. to be have these qualifications to follow this path, mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of guts yeah to to just stand there and say no i I'm gonna do it my way. Um, yeah, and I, I, of course, I also think this is something that my experience in the, the dance world has also taught me because talking again about imposter syndrome mm. and feeling like I can't do it, of course, then suddenly in 2015, of coo- I'd been self-employed before that, but um, starting to run a business, having 10 employees... All of the other things that are involved in a business, the responsibility, mm-hmm. etc. You know, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I have no business experience, no marketing experience, nothing. And I've had to learn on the job, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of t- lot of the time, maybe the first few years, I was very hard on myself. Mm-hmm. That, and also feeling, oh, I'm a fake. You know, I am running a business, but. I'm not a business person, I haven't got an MBA, and et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if I stop and look around me and see, you know, what's going on, what we've achieved, Mm -hmm. what I've achieved, Mm -hmm. then, yeah. In the end, it doesn't matter how you get there. What's important is just do it.
0: Yeah. I think it's really important to always take a step back and realize how far you've come and what you've achieved even if you feel like you haven't achieved that much because it's all these little steps that led you to where you are now. I mean, I have to tell myself this often (laughs) because I have the same feeling as you um, when I have to explain what I do for a living, what my company is and I haven't been doing it that long and I taught myself everything that I know. Yes, I went to school. Yes, I studied. Yes, I have degrees and certain things. But most of the things I had to teach myself, I also don't have an MBA. I I have no idea. I just recently had to contact a lawyer because contracts and to look all over all of that. But it's again that sharing that sharing that you've gone through that struggle the challenges with other women like yourself um or with the other women that we've had on the podcast so far that has been a tremendous help in realizing no i am doing what i'm meant to be doing and i have to stand up for myself every day and just be there and show up and appreciate how far i've come Mm.
1: Yeah, and you're doing it in your unique unique way. And I mean, the world would be so dull <laughs> if we all had MBAs and we all <laughs> did <laughs> right? the same thing. And and I think also what you said is, is interesting about um, looking back and and seeing what you've achieved mm. or celebrate what you've achieved. Mm-hmm. I have a terrible tendency to, you know, I'm completely absorbed in a project, a show, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And the very next day it's over and mm-hmm. then I'm like thinking, oh, what's the next thing? And I right. don't step back and take enough time. And this is something that I've promised myself mm-hmm. to do more of is mm-hmm. to celebrate mm-hmm. the wins. And I mean, yeah, if every day I could stand on top of a mountain and shout, yay, <laughs> look what I did, look what I did. You know, that would that would help with the... Yeah. With the feeling of insecurity or doubt or what am I doing but Mm -hmm. also I think we sometimes or well I know I am very guilty of of just seeing the whole thing and you know feeling overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and and it's really been so helpful to take a step back Mm -hmm. look at the achievements celebrate it be grateful for it and then just take the next little step because as you say all those little steps take you to where you are Mm -hmm. but and it's the next little steps that will take you further somewhere else Mm -hmm. and who knows where that's what's exciting (laughs) (laughs)
0: um when we met last time you mentioned empowerment to me and how that word has kind of lost its magic What does empowerment mean to you? How would you describe it?
1: I think I always relate back to the body Mm -hmm. because, like I said, I think we've got too far away from our true selves. Mm -hmm. Too much screen time, too Mm -hmm. much time in your head, too much worrying about what she's saying, what she looks like. Mm -hmm. And I would say... That empowerment for me would be feeling good in your own skin and I talk about body work a lot because I think if you feel good about yourself then nothing's gonna stop you
0: right and how do you transmit that to the women that come to the studio and your classes
1: I think one way we transmit that is the fact that we have a lot of... If we talk about the teachers, for instance, Mm -hmm. because the students see the teachers, obviously Mm. you look up to your teacher, role model. So all of our teachers have different characters, obviously, different body types. So um, I don't think we're kind of promoting a certain body type. Mm -hmm. And I think... Because if you look around the, the class, there's also so many different types of women, different ages, mm-hmm. different professions, different body shapes, etc. I think that, as I said, mm-hmm. that feeling comfortable in your own skin mm-hmm. is the start mm-hmm. and accepting who you are. I mean, standing in the classroom, of course, can be a big challenge mm-hmm. if you have body issues, mm-hmm. looking in the mirror. hmm um, it already takes a lot of guts just to turn up, but that's the first step. I think the non-competitive atmosphere that we try to um, create also helps with this, the feeling of community. We do a lot of events together. People yep. are always invited. Um, and of course, taking it one step further, encouraging students to um, perform whether yeah. it's in the studio, maybe or in the class, or in the studio, or eventually on stage. Mm-hmm. This is something that again takes a lot of guts, and the feeling that you're doing this, you're not on your own. You know, you've got a team with you supporting you. Mm-hmm. I think this this is the st- the m- the most powerful thing for me.
0: Mm-hmm. If you had a billboard. In the center of Zurich, so let's say Paradeplatz, what would be written on it?
1: Our slogan, of course.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Belly dance, put a smile on your hips. (laughs)
1: Um, Come as you are.
0: Mm -hmm. I like that. Um, I have one last question for you. What does being a boss lady mean to you? And I know you don't like the word lady. (laughs) So I'll rephrase the question to what does being a boss mean to you? I
1: think it's a leader. Mm -hmm. I think it's someone that brings all the threads together. I think it's someone who supports Mm -hmm. and encourages And mainly, I think it's somebody who inspires Mm -hmm. and inspires, yeah, either your employees, your clients, whoever you're working with, uh, inspire them to take action, inspire them to be themselves. Mm -hmm. That's for me, what a boss lady is.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you for inviting me
0: (laughs) anytime and um, yeah, have a beautiful day and I'll see you soon. (laughs) Alia gave me a new insight into not just the world of oriental dance, but more so into how we women can feel extremely critical of ourselves, especially looks wise and how through the support of images brought out by the media, these negative thoughts only become more enhanced and unwillingly forces to look into the mirror and be confronted with what should be beautiful or we should consider beautiful, but our minds have told us that it's not. To see what she does with teaching and creating dance productions is beautiful. The confidence in these women and herself is something that every woman should feel and portray. It's more than just creating an environment for body positivity. It creates for a collective energy of empowerment that teaches us to understand and love our bodies and ultimately ourselves. And that oriental dance is simply a vehicle for that transformation. If you have any questions for either of us, please send us a message. I've linked all the profiles and websites in the show notes. And I highly encourage you to go try out her studio. The first class is for free when you sign up on the website. And thanks for tuning in. And if you like, you're more than welcome to leave a review. See you next time.